Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody back to another episode of Animals to the Max. I'm Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. You know what? I am so excited right now because we have a very special episode. First of all, we're doing something we've never done before ever on the show, okay? So either it's going to go good <laughs> or we'll never do it again. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's going to go great. We're going to do a wildlife Q&A with one of our most popular episodes. We have Mady from Animals in Distress Organization. Now, by the way, if you did not hear Mady, she was back in a few episodes with the podcast about wildlife rehabilitation. She has been doing it for over 30 years. Mady, welcome to the show. Thank you, Corbin. It's always nice to see you again. The reason why I wanted to do this special podcast was I get so many emails and you get so many calls and messages about people who just, you know, they basically encounter native wildlife in their backyards. And so I wanted to ask people what are their questions and I wanted to get a serious expert's advice. So that's okay. why I had you on. So I'm ready. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So Christina Drummond's via Snapchat. You know what Snapchat is? Thank you. He's talking to Grandma Moses. He thinks, you, I've heard of it, Corbin. Have you? No, yeah, I've, I've heard of it, and I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Christina Drummond's via Snapchat. What do I do if I find a baby bird in my yard? Uh, uh, it's a naked baby bird, you want to pick it up and make a little makeshift nest. And if you're somewhere that you know you have a local rehabilitator, is to call them. Um, like a hatchling with no feathers that has to be fed every 15 minutes in certain formulas. So getting it to a bird rehabilitator is your best bet. If it's a fledgling where it's just learning to fly, it's on the ground for a couple of days and you have cats around. Um, if you could keep your cats in for a few days, it's... It's when the birds, after they get out of their nest like a robin and then on a branch, and then they're on the ground for a while until they get their bearings. And those are brought in a lot needlessly, but you just want to get the predators in if it's that type of bird. If it's a baby bird that is sort of feathered but is still a baby, you still need to get a hold of a rehabilitator. And you can get online and call anybody even in a neighboring state if you have to to get some advice. But don't give it any milk or things like that, or okay. try to feed it yourself. Okay, now, so do you put it inside of a cardboard box, or oh. how would you, yeah? If you have a little, uh, uh, those little plastic containers that cherry tomatoes came in, or raspberries or something, and then take some Kleenex, um, and just put quite a few Kleenex in there and make a little nest and put him down in the, sort of in the middle of it. You need to keep the little bird warm. Don't leave it outside. Don't handle it. Put it on your washing machine. Make a nice little nest. Touching it isn't going to make any difference in the world, but he needs to be warm. A heating pad under him and not too high under the whole little basket you put him in. I feel like touching them might like provoke them even more. I don't think that's even a good idea. Right? They, a hatchling bird wouldn't know if you're touching him or not, just gaping for his mother, any type of motion like that when she comes back to the nest. The touching them thing, you can touch any type of wildlife and they're not going to be rejected by a parent. Okay, yeah, because that was my next question that Christina asked. Is it true if that if I get close to the nest or touch the baby bird, the parents will abandon it? No. Not That's at not all. true. I mean, it depends on what kind of touching and what kind of people you're talking about, little children taking them out and playing with them a while. and dump. But if you just look at them, we've moved nests before, the whole nest, a closer place, but not too far away. But they'll, the mom will keep coming back, but... Okay. Or putting a bird back in its nest, if you're sure which one it came out of. 
the mother will not abandon it. Okay. But don't put it in there half dead. I mean, you want a healthy little chick. Yep. And make yep. sure it's warm. If it's cold to the touch, warm it up before you put it back in the nest. Warm it up, meaning a heat pad or putting well, it in the house? Well, warm up in your hands if it's a naked baby, which would be a hatchling. Warm it up in your hands. Heating pad, that's just for, you know, heat underneath or something, ambient heat for when they're in a some kind of container. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay, so this next question comes from Crystal Brown on Facebook. Do badgers live here in the Treasure Valley? I've always heard how fierce they are, but goodness, they are cute. Okay, hi, Crystal. Um, I specialize in badgers, so that was a good question. Uh, most of the badgers that, that I get come from the South Desert, south of Boise, or they're in the mall area, or they're downtown, or they're out of the penitentiary. And people like to go out in the desert and shoot them. You can shoot a badger 365 days a year, even though they're protected fur bear. Mm. Uh, they're not nearly as fierce as everybody thinks. Uh, they're actually very easy to handle. They're just a lot of bluff, and they confront people. So they run towards people. They bite at tires. I've been told an awful lot of stories about badgers, but I've done lots of them. And their mouth is the only thing you have to worry about. Their long claws are only for digging. If you hold one by the scruff of the neck, you just hold it so the head can't turn around, and those front claws just go absolutely limp. And their hind feet are very pigeon-toed. Um, I mean, they're just they're a lot of bluff, and they just want to make sure you're not a threat, so they stop mm -hmm. and turn around. When I take one on a release and open up the carrier, he walks a few feet and then he stops. And I, if I stand there, and he might start to come toward me, or if I went toward him, he just... That's just the way they are. It's about all they got. But they only eat what they can dig up, and they also eat carrion, which are dead animals. And the theory, and people seem to think that coyotes, and they hunt together, but the coyote gets the best end of the stick. So the badger digs up a little burrow of something... And it flies out, and the coyote eats it, stands behind him. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's pretty clever. Um, anyway, badgers are nothing to be feared. They wouldn't hurt a cat or a dog. They don't go after chickens, anything like that. So, Or a child, or go bite people. They don't dig under foundations of people's homes. They can dig a hole very quickly, and they might go down toward the foundation, and they'll, you just need to leave them alone. And call someone with animals in distress, me preferably, and it's just easy. They're not a threat to humans or anything, but they have a reputation that's probably never going to leave them yeah. next to wolverines. That's right. such a bad reputation because even when I grew up, it was like badgers are so scary. Right. They're going to run after us. At, and, and come in your house and rip you to shreds. Yeah. We've talked about that before, Corbin. You're the scariest animal on the planet. Humans? Is this guy on my left? And <laughs> your you, husband? Things that look like you and my husband, right? You don't oh. know what men are going to do. A, a human, you don't have any idea. I mean, you know what a bear. You know what's happening. Any kind of animal, not a, not a human. No. That's uh, That's no, it's good. I mean, badgers are just—they have such a bad rap, and you know, people go out and shoot them, and I mean, just I'm, for fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just for you know, for fun. I'm, yeah. I'm, Go ahead, sorry. Well, there's a little bar up here on the corner called Crickets. Mm -hmm. So I got called up there, and inside of their trash, there was a skinned badger. And I, it was, they've done it before, it was perfect. They must have gotten it all mm. off, and his whole face and head and everything. So that made me 
pretty sick. That makes me so disgusting. I mean, like, why? I don't know. I couldn't find a bullet wound. I was just wondering how they killed him. I never could see a wound in there, and it, you know, I mean, yes, nobody's going to, well, I don't know how they, what happened. You know, here's the deal with me. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not a personal hunter myself. I know you aren't. You know, your views, like, I'm not a hunter, whatever. I mean, I don't... I'm like, not I, anti-hunting either. No, I mean, neither am I. I mean, go out and, you know, you... Eat what you shoot. Absolutely. Yeah, who cares? Eat, eat, shoot your dog, but you better eat it. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, I I mean, I mean, think that, you know, makes oh, sense. That's I, fair. Okay. Much so, better than the way we kill animals that we get in the grocery store. Yeah. And what makes me mad is like some, you know, like someone who goes out and just shoots something like a badger. I mean, no one's eating a badger. I mean, what? No, but you can have his skin and that's cool. It's like a raccoon tail on your hat. Yeah. I mean, it's just fun to shoot things around here. I mean, it's sort of, and I grew up, I'm a fourth generation boy scene. It's a mentality um, that, it's just a mentality that will continue forever among almost anybody anywhere, whether it's New York or Oregon or maybe mm. even Hawaii in a different thing. How you're raised and your background and and it's, I don't see think we'll ever change it. I used to think so, but I don't, unless we start teaching it in kindergarten or something. This but is I what doubt we're doing. Well, I told not, you, we have a high listenership in Vietnam. Well, yeah. And, but, I mean, and, yeah. and Vietnam and all around the world, yes. There's a spike. We got you the hold, pug. Uh, yes. I don't have any hope, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> so that's good. I All have right. none. Okay, baby. So this has been so much fun. Okay, we're only on question two out of 50. No, I'm just kidding, but really. Uh, okay, this is, comes from Jeff via Facebook. I want a raccoon as a pet. Can you recommend any breeders? Hi, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost speechless, but I'll tell you what. Raccoons can make good pets. There's people they are all over the Internet. And Darling, I have a lot here right now. I have 18, I believe, uh, babies. They do grow up, and if you play rough with them as a baby, like a dog or a puppy who then is all, or a cat who then is always going to claw you, uh, they can be pretty formidable little foes. I mean, they grow some pretty good teeth, and they'll have their way with you. So they kind of get to do their own thing. Sometimes you get lucky and have a... A baby one, but I, I don't approve of wildlife as pets, because they end up in zoos or being released. I mean, some people do well with it, but, um, and I get it. You, you know what you need to do if you like raccoons so well is you need to get involved with a wildlife group, and um, help with raccoons or with wildlife, and then you'll start not to like people like you that want to pet raccoons. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Jeff, but. No, yeah, no but I, yeah, I do rehab, so I like to see things free and not live in a cage. It's not nice. You don't want to live in your bathroom and be fed when people remember or yeah. leave you when they go out of town, leave you plenty of food in there until they get back. Yeah, it's not a good thing. And they might bite a friend, and then all hell breaks loose with health departments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it depends on what state you're in. Um, so you ought to help out with raising them because they're adorable. When they're little, right? <laughs> okay, uh, we got another question in via Twitter. Will raccoons attack my cats? I get a lot of questions and calls all the time every year about people with their cats and raccoons. And that's usually because they're feeding maybe feral cats or they have an outdoor cat or they're leaving cat food out, which is a huge attractant um, for raccoons. 
very often, and you'll hear it from a lot of people who, who do that and live with raccoons, is they'll just eat together, or the cats stand back while the raccoon eats, and then the raccoon goes away, and then the cats eat. I've known of raccoons and cats living under trailers together. The only time that a raccoon would be go toward a cat is if a raccoon had babies, and she's trying to get, get them up over the fence, and a cat came up, but... I mean, cats just aren't that stupid. There'd be dead cats all over Boise because there's raccoons in every inch of it and places they've been dumped they shouldn't be. So there are no dead cats. And I have a long story about that. I won't go into it now, about a lady that accused a raccoon of killing her go cats. Go ahead. It's uh, This is a podcast, Mandy. Uh, okay, well, that makes sense now. So I know. Yeah, you difference. have like so much. No Mandy, we've been talking for okay. 18 minutes. How long do you think we were? Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> Well, so a woman up on Vista, which is up on the bench, up by the, behind the depot, sort of, up a ways, um, called me and told me that some raccoons killed her cat. And I said, well, in the fence. And I said, no, I, they're not going to hang around the fence and pull the cat to pieces and eat. This isn't going to happen. And they wouldn't be interested in eating a cat anyway. So I said, well, there's some dogs. I'd heard about some dogs up there. Uh, there were a few, some feral dogs running around. And I said, it sounds like dogs and tearing to pieces. She was angry with me and hung up on me and actually called me back. I'll never forget it because I took a lot of nerve for her to do that. She dug her cat back up which she'd buried in her yard and took it to the vet. What? And they told her it was dogs and she called and apologized. Oh, you know what? Because I said that, you know, raccoons do not tear cats up. It just isn't going to happen. But you can't tell anybody that who somebody else told them that they saw one doing it. So it doesn't even matter. You know what, though? At least, I know this sounds bad, but at least she called and apologized to you. I, well, that's why I like to tell the story. Because that's what the whole point of the story is. And the fact she apologized was, it took a lot of nerve for her since okay. she was rude to me in the beginning and hung up on me when I told her it wasn't, it couldn't be raccoons. But I can't, you know, I can't second guess what some rogue raccoon might do. It's not going to just go attack it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it even would. So for all of you wondering what we're doing right now, this is so cool. We are in Mady's backyard, Sorry and uh, it's beautiful. We have a beautiful pond, a waterfall, so many turtles and fish. It's beautiful. Trees everywhere. You can probably hear the waterfall in the background, I'm sure. And uh, God, your property is beautiful. It is. It makes me very happy. It keeps me calm for what I do. Keeps you sane? Yes. Will raccoons give me rabies in which animals can? Okay, it's different in different states. So there's four rabies vector species in the United States, and that's foxes, skunks, raccoons, and bats. In the state of Idaho, we only have rabies in bats, and that's less than one-half of 1%, and that's in all bats. It's, the rabies thing is that if a bat has rabies and it's down on the ground trying to die, People t- go pick it up, then they've been exposed, and then all hell breaks loose. And then they test the bat, and it could be positive or negative. But bats don't fly down and land in your hair. Uh, and if you keep moving around in a room that they're caught in, they've got to go into a stall every time they turn the corner. And if you're jumping around like a wild person, that's why you think they want to get in your hair. They just let them land, and then they'll. you can call someone, and it'll be a way to get them. But... Uh, you have to check your state. You know, Texas has, they even see it in dogs a lot, but I think they have not coyotes. We've been very fortunate in Idaho, and there were three cases of three different mammals getting it, and one was a skunk several years ago, but it was all caused by um, one of the bat species we have here. So 
I was relieved that it hadn't, you know, it was a cougar and a and a, a horse and a, a skunk. Mm-hmm. It was all from silver-haired bat rabies, so. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, rabies is the least of your worries. Right? I mean, aren't you, like, more likely to be struck by a cow <laughs> or a watermelon well, than be or, hit? Right, or by a bicyclist. Yeah. <laughs> That's not funny. Not for the bison. Anyway, okay. So the next question comes, what do I do if I find a snake in my yard? Smile and say, my God, he's eating any gophers might have or or any insects, probably eating some of those big long slugs that I see crawling around at night. Um, It's probably a little garter snake. If you have a water feature, it might be a little garter snake. Mm -hmm. I'm not a snake expert. Um, Snakes are great. We have a bird center up on 36, and we've got about a four-and-a-half-foot um, gopher snake, also known as a uh, bull snake, which is which, the same snake. And we just found about a three-and-a-half-foot um, garter snake with um, red patches on him that were more profound than the native ones. Mm. He's up there again eating stuff. I think he ate a mouse when we saw him. Yeah, you know, I think, like, snakes get the some of the worst raps. I mean, don't you think probably more than, like any other animal? I would say that spiders. Oh, people are pretty stupid about spiders or mice. Um, if people could just think about a snake being on the ground with no arms or legs, one defense only, you know, a skunk has his bottom and a snake has his mouth, he wouldn't come out and just go after you for anything. We're talking about here in the United States. But if you disturb them or accidentally go by them, their first reaction is to strike. And you're something the size of a telephone pole. And you can imagine, well, I mean, if you were in the same position down here and something 30 feet tall was standing over you, you're not just going to be, okay. Yeah. Especially if they look like they're going to pick you up or something, or their foot just kicked you. Yeah. I mean, they're so good for rodent control. And they're not going to... You know, the thing about what I do, like, because I do a lot of educational shows, which you asked me about, educational programs. And uh, a lot of people are, like, so scared of snakes. And I'm just like, you know what? They are so good. If we didn't have snakes, we'd be knee-deep in rats and mice. And it's a true thing. Yes, but it's the whole... That's the whole... That mentality I'm talking about with just humans, a lot of humans, that everything has its place here. I I mean, certainly everybody's aware of the bee colony collapse deal oh. we got the and we've got the white nose syndrome in bats i mean bats in south american countries pollinate all kinds of stuff that we utilize in this country food wise and 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 bees are really important for pollinating and and it, you know you kind of think oh gosh oh really i mean it's really serious business because it's it's your livelihood and it's your children and their grandchildren and to have food and so snakes take care of things that we don't maybe really need, and, and we need all these creatures here, and there's no reason they don't come in and attack people. They're just minding their own business. Yeah. So you don't want me to get on my soapbox because I No, get way go off ahead. Maybe go. I mean, like, this is why. Me. I mean, I don't be sad. snake though. here. Maybe he'll come out and visit us. Well, maybe he will. Yeah, it's like one of those things where you just. Yeah, the snake thing, um, people put bird netting stuff down on the ground over their strawberries because of mm-hmm. little herbivores. And we've probably taken. I mean, I mean, rattlesnakes and bull snakes, they get all caught up in that, and it's just horrid, and it takes sometimes hours to, you know, and they keep struggling, and so it's just all tangled, and it's eating into their skin, and it's pretty dangerous. Like the glue sticky traps, bats get caught yeah. in those, and birds. That's a horrid thing. But I don't, I really don't know, Corbin. Um, as I said, I, I don't have any hope. We're still, 
poisoning everything and and saying it's okay. So I just, I think we're done. Sorry out there. <laughs> no, we're fine, maybe. It's here. Yeah, I mean, I really do, because it's we are not getting away from it. You can't kill all the others, not even any other, other living things around without it destroying ourselves. So it's crazy. Yeah. Won't be in our lifetime or you yours. Know what, though? You, you know what, though, Mady? The little thing of hope that I get. And, you know, when I grew up, I never thought, like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to host a podcast or I'm going to do these animal shows in front of people or go on TV. Like, I never thought that's what right. my direction would be. But anyway, I've, I've, I've always loved animals. I loved educating people about animals. And so when I go to a show, let's say, and then, like, someone messages me. Or even like you know, with someone in the audience that gets right. to touch a snake, that was like, oh my goodness, oh, God, that completely yeah. changed my mind. Like I will never go out and kill a snake again. That is what. That's the reason. No, you're right. So and I get that. And I that with bats, it's like if I can just have so you can or the baby raccoon thing because when people want to trap the mother and kill everything, they already have. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that that's good? true? Like, it's one good, but person. I, I know it's like super optimistic. It isn't. That. I'm just too damn old, Corbin, and I've just thought it'd be better. I will tell you something. You are the hardest working person, along with the other staff. Well, I'm not even staff. I'm not staff because like, I've never been paid. Just so you know that. Yeah, all yeah. There. This is a nonprofit. But I was going to say that you and the other volunteers at you know Animals in Distress organization based in Boise, Idaho. By the way, there's other organizations all around the country. But you guys, you do so much. You're the hardest working person I've ever met. In wildlife. Well, that's very nice. I appreciate that. What usually. animals do you have usually around this time of year? Oh, my. I now have 18 baby raccoons, one adult male, a very aggressive raccoon, the one that likes to eat the cats. Not just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, he's scary. He was found out in the desert, so he's mad, and I don't blame him. He was probably, he was quite thin, so I'm going, I have to put a trap in the cage to actually get him, um, and I have a place for, for him to go. And 18 baby raccoons, uh, four cottontails that I'm waiting to get a little bit longer before I release them, two adult coyotes, and a baby badger. And I had a really fun turtle, but I got it to the proper people. Yeah. You are. Right. God bless you. God bless you. Okay, back on to the questions. Yes. We're only on three questions. We have 50. Okay, whose fault is that? <laughs> Mine. Rabbit hole. No. I talk a lot, so. <laughs> You're fine. So, Beatty, one of the number one questions I get, I'll get messaged. Someone finds an animal they find in the yard. Can they keep it as a pet? Well, a lot of animals are protected, so you would have to find, depending on what you found um, from Fish and Game. I don't think any animal you find in your yard, unless it's a domestic pet, a gerbil or something, that you should be keeping it as a pet. But the fact that you can find it and walk over and pick it up is a situation right there that would cause concern, and you could, again call somebody or get on the internet i mean there's all wildlife rehabilitators all you need to in idaho or in you know you can't remember name but it's all over a lot of states don't have very many people who do it but somebody can always help i get calls from out of state a lot so and i have to say you just you just got a coyote in that was someone's pet no i got the badger in oh badger excuse me right the guy had a badger and a coyote as the pet and fishing game took away the badger what's his name seth I didn't know him because Tony got him, and then could have oh. been. And he has the coyote still, and they played, and 
He's all friendly, and I'd like him to be able to be released to get wild. Yeah, what are your, like, thoughts on that? Do you have any educational animal ambassadors that you keep that are non-releasable? No, and that's, a, that's an interesting question for anybody in this business. I suppose if you have a big center or something and you have the required space and, you know, enclosures and cages for animals you keep as an educational quote-unquote animal versus all the other stuff you need for the rehab animals and... And there, so because basically that's all about making money for a nonprofit, you know, pretty much. I mean, I mean, hopefully, I would think that it certainly isn't because oh, I just love Freddie so much that we don't want to kill Freddie the squirrel or, you know, Mikey the mm-hmm. porcupine. I mean, how many? So you've chosen one to save, and so many have to be put to sleep sometimes. Um, I think it's great, but I just don't know where. That's you have to be a pretty big operation to do a decent education program with education animals. So let's talk really quick about Julia just sent a message on Facebook. Uh-huh. Hey, Julia. She said, let's just let the snake slither away. Ugh, I can't even talk. Unless, of course, a rattler and then get a shovel and whack it. We get a lot of wildlife, skunks, let them alone, possums, foxes, coyotes, beavers, deer, just watch them run away. Anyway, that like makes. What's her question? Well, I, I the snake. That's the I other guess one. Just, she's okay I, with she them just, going away, yeah. You know, that's what makes me so mad because like these animals aren't like they didn't they weren't born to do this. Well, everybody like, thinks bull snakes are, are rattlesnakes. Yeah, I mean yeah. that goes on all the time. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, so many people are scared of rattlesnakes and just like going after you and this and that, and they're not going to. Not, I know it, but unless you're like Frank Lundberg. You can go and do shows, educate, right, and show, he and know, you'll change yeah. some minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. About, like uh, for like educators like Frank Lumberg, but just it like makes me so mad because it's like, you know, a, a big thing here living in southwestern Idaho is like we have gopher snakes that look just right, like right. rattlesnakes, gopher and snake, they will snake. flatten their heads to look more triangular like a rattlesnake, and, and they'll make even the rattle their and, tail. And move their tail or make a noise that sounds like a rattle. Yeah, rat. so know, it's yeah. like so many people think that they, you know, have oh, yeah, a rattlesnake. They have to chop it. Right, and, and, right, chop its head off and smash it with something. Somebody what smashed be? the other day, somebody smashed a snake. Oh, my Who God. Who was it? Just told me about it. The other. I don't know. I hear about, like... Somebody drowned a mother raccoon. Let's hold it underwater in a trap. And Are you somebody serious? Do oh, I deal with that kind of stuff all the time, Carbon. That's why I have no hope. I just get so... If you think you're mad now, you better be careful. Right, Raj? I just You better think... be careful because it's ugly. But you're not... Do it, you won't be mixed up in the same thing that I am. With I just... Like you do horrid things. Horrible, horrible, horrible things to animals. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, if you want to kill them, shoot them in the head and do it quick. But it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I told you, I, I was at a restaurant one time. I think I told you this, and I overheard these, these people behind me boasting about how they were killing us. Like they killed a snake, and they were laughing because its head wasn't chopped off correctly, and it was wiggling and, around. And I went over and said something. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is not, you know. And then, mind you, it wasn't, it didn't solve anything, but it was like the saddest thing in the world. It was like this. I mean, what has been this? I mean, I'm sorry, this is like really sad. <laughs> like, well, it's, it used to be, I used to be sad a lot. Um, I mean, even, you know, with all, all wildlife all over the world type of thing, and I'm just wrapped up with this, but I didn't do any work like that. I just was. 
pretty upset about all of it. So, well, I, as I said, I just don't have any hope about it anymore. I think cruelty is less, but it's just not going to go away. It's like those guys that took over Malheur County, you know, last a couple of years ago. The whatever, they went over to the park and yeah. But do you think that there is, I think there is honestly, like there's hope. I think there's honestly a movement with social media, with people being aware of issues, topics. I think there's something going on. So we got a, we got an email from Richard on Facebook and he says, it's obvious we're moving into these cities, animals, you know, their territory. And as human encroachment continues, these wildlife encounters will become more common how do we mitigate these wildlife encounters in the future? Is the answer more urban forest, like parks, more wildlife re- like, you know, rehabilitators, less development? I'm not sure. Someone help me. Well, and, and well, by, like, by the way, that was a lot of like questions. Sorry, I can read. I can't, I've already forgotten about all the. <laughs> the first thing that he mentioned was building urban forests or something. So if you're already seeing it. Uh, they've just been pushed, and they're already living among whatever urban, you know, flora is going on. So they, you don't need, you can't build things and hope animals come to it, or you can't build corridors in, in great big housing developments and expect the animals to come down from the hills. Oh, right between Mrs. Jones and Mr. Smith's house, because that's where they put the wildlife corridor. Anyway, so uh, in answer to that question... It's probably because it, I don't think it's the city thing. I think it's people spreading out from a city and moving into where the animals are living, and they're just squeezed and squeezed more. So um, if you don't leave food out or things that attract them, like chicken for foxes and skunks and raccoons or shallow fish ponds for raccoons and blue herons and kingfishers or pet birds outside in a cage, um, you know, you're going to have squirrels if you have trees. Some people don't like that. If you have any nut trees, you're going to have squirrels bothering them and knocking them on the ground and making you angry. But uh, I would just say try to enjoy them, but don't have things out to feed them or try to attract them. I mean, so, and live with them and be happy. Yeah, yeah. Your great-great-great-grandchildren will never see one again. Can I have to say something? Your famous line, I love it, Maddie, you ready? You can't leave, what, candy out for kids? You can't throw candy in your driveway and tell the neighbor kids it's not for them. Yeah. Which is what people do here all the time. I have to feed the cats. I have to leave my cat outside. I can't fix it with a whole bunch of different suggestions Mm -hmm. of trying to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate raccoons. I don't... uh, I don't know. You know, and my fish. I love my fish. They cost $200 a piece. And my pond's six inches deep. And every time I touch the surface, their fish are used to coming up, so... It's just like inviting wildlife that, I mean, they don't know that those Which, fish didn't appear for them. I have to say, like, you invited us to your pond, and you said, like, I mean, by the way, it's such a beautiful pond. I mean, it is, like, for those of you listening, beautiful waterfall. I mean, gigantic, has turtles, fish, you know, birds That's, are coming in and out. Frog. Frog. And frogs. One frog. And one frog. One frog. But... I just love how it's like a natural ecosystem. Like you were not going to be bad. Yeah, that's what works. Like you're not. Oh, the mad. heron! I love watching the heron come in and take fish. You really? Know? You don't yeah, get mad. You just. Oh well, yeah. Why? That's yeah. Yeah. I always have plenty of little fish for the turtles. 
We lost all those really long ones, but I saw a guy jump out there. Since so murky, I can't see them, but I don't care. So we um, have Aaliyah, and she's a wildlife rehabilitator, and she gets these questions a lot, and she wondered, like, wanted to know, do raccoons, badgers, etc., foxes, target my animals as prey? So, um, prey to a badger would be... Not at, depending on where you live, but let's just pretend like you could be out in the desert or you could be in town, town Boise. So if you have gophers all over your yard, you would be happy to have a badger there. That's what he's looking for. Not the least bit interested in the dog food or your dogs or cats. He could walk right by them. If he got attacked by a dog and got into a tizzy, that could be a different situation. But anyway, he wouldn't just kill. He'd just bite it and not let go like a pit bull. So a fox, if you're raising chickens like everybody's doing now in the 2000s, um, and not painting them up properly and not having small enough gauge wire, uh, you're going to have problems with, this is the chicken department, you're going to have problems with skunks, if you've got them in your neighborhood, raccoons and fox. And if you don't lock them up at night, um, a great horned owl, and in the daytime, other birds of prey who come down, depending on where you live. Uh, skunks can be attracted by cat food and fish in shallow water, as could be a mink. You'd have to have a lot of greenery and a lot of fish. Um, the cat Skunks can't see much past their nose, so they really rely on their hearing and vibration. So their only advantage is to they always stomp their feet and they'll turn around and show you, but they don't want to bother anybody. They eat insects and worms. If you find little holes dug up in your yard in the fall sometimes... That'll be worms and grubs being pulled up by raccoons and skunks. That's great. Now, Long what do winded. I do? Like, for instance, I'm just going to, like, throw this out there. Well, I'm not. I mean, this is a true story. So my dog kind of came in, kind of smelled a little bit like a skunk, which we love our skunks in our gardens. They mm -hmm. take out all the grubs. Right. What do you do with the skunk smell? I'm sure you've been asked that a million times. I bet you that question's been asked for the past, I don't know how many years, but... <laughs> So I'm not. The, I don't do skunks, but I got sprayed yesterday. Right in the. Are you serious? Yeah, right in my neck and in the chest. Was that the, the smell? Yes, probably. I said, did I tell you, Sam, that I smell like a skunk? I what still smell on my hands. I, was I don't care what anybody says. My sister always smells like a skunk, and her car does, as far as I'm concerned, because she does really? skunks. If you wash it, and you think you get the smell out, and put all this different thing, and there's the, it's an alkali versus an acidic thing. You know, the vinegar, the massengill douche, the soda, the blah blah blah. Um, it's dry, and then if it gets wet, the water activates the odor again. It's interesting. It's something that has to wear out after a long time. Mm. It's I the heard, damnedest thing, but there's I a heard tomato vinegar. juice. And yeah. Anything acidic, but everybody has a recipe for how to get rid of, and you can get tomato on the Internet. Juice. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, Don, but yeah, in reality, it really has to wear itself out. Yeah. Really, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I've been sprayed in the mouth before by a skunk full bore. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. Well, well. What do you do? I mean, you just like take well, you it. You just or? like smell like a skunk for a long time, also. <laughs> and it's nasty stuff, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. So we're almost at the end of our conversation. I hope that answered your question, Leah, because people really don't. Dogs injure an awful lot of wildlife. That's more apt for the wildlife to get injured. Yeah. Then. And the, but then she said, like, how do you know, like, keep them out humanely? So I would say, what, like, covering up your trash cans. Well, yeah, you're just asking for raccoons and even mm -hmm. dogs. If your trash can's just tipped over, 
mm. and stuff. That's usually a raccoon. If it's strewn, those are usually dogs. That's just a little tip. If it's kind of strewn down the street, that's probably dogs, not coons. Mm-hmm. Unless it's one yogurt cup or something. And I want to reiterate to Julia, thank you, Julia, so much for commenting, but we do not have possums here in Idaho. We're too dry. Too dry. They are on the West Coast. Have you they seen get, a possum here? Well, we get, we've no had way. quite a few of them, but we take them to somewhere in Washington. But I no think, way. I think people in Ontario, people said they swim across the river, which I think is absurd. What? I think people in, in Oregon dump them across the snake and bring them over here. Oh, my God. I never even knew get, this. We hear about them up in, you know, wherever. Like the Virginia opossum? Possum. Well, the, poss- the only possum I know about. Opossum, yeah. I had a possum for a little while I took care of, and it was when Ross Perot was running for president, so I named him Ross Perossum. Oh, my goodness. I know they're from California. By the way, technically, Washington, it's Opossum. Washington, Washington, Oregon. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, you know, this is my next-door neighbor. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, nothing, because I don't know anything about possums. My, well, my, my apparently that you've had to. them here. I didn't know idea we Well, they're not had. supposed to be here, so we get them out of the state. You've seen one here? No. Well, we know what people do and bring them to us. <laughs> All the feds come attack. Yeah, I haven't personally seen them one in the wild or anything. Oh, I was thinking like you guys. Oh, no, somebody would call and say, we've got a positive, blah, blah, blah. So we take it and then get it to somewhere else mm. out of Idaho. Okay. Have you ever physically, you know, been there, seen a possum? Never. Never. My sister used to rehab them in Washington, and they're always hit on the road. And yeah. they're, you know, they're like the size of a peanut. They're little babies. Yeah. And they're difficult, and you have to get into her pouch and... There are only marsupial in the North yeah. America. Well, you, yeah, you know Same. Sam, my fiance. Is she, I, is she a marsupial? No, oh. because every time I go back to Michigan, I get excited if we see an opossum because I, I love it. Like, I'm so into this animal that's so unique. I went to England and wanted to see a um, the things everybody makes into pets. Uh, Sugar glider? No, about the same type of deal. No, the little roll-up spiny guys that people always think's a baby. No, no, they're not armadillos. No, but they have a little. Oh, they're just teensy. Is it Raj? I've had one here before. Just hedgehog, hedgehog. Mm. Jesus. Anyway, and all I saw in in all of England, I never saw one that wasn't dead on the road. I thought I might see one scurrying across, even get hit, but no, they're all dead. Kind of like seeing a possum. Probably, I've never seen an armadillo either. I would love to see that. I'd like to see a pangolin. <gasps> oh, we're going to get rid of them pretty soon. I know. Oh, I yeah. know. Pangolins They'll are one done. of the most. Thank they are the, the most trafficked, mm-hmm. trafficked animal in the world. Pangolins? Yeah, pangolins. Pangolins, mm-hmm. pangolins and it was are a very quick thing. It's just been going on, but then well, it's all sick. Whatever. Yeah. Well, 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 tell listeners what the pangolin is. It's a, the only mammal ahead, that has scales. So, Isn't an armadillo a mammal? No. I mean, yes. Yes, it is. But this one, like, physically has scales. Yes. And I have to tell you what, mammals are so diverse. And they're the, one of the most, you know, diverse species in this world. And this animal, no one knows what it is. It's almost like it. it's, it's seriously one of a kind. So it kind of looks like, I would say... Not like yeah, an ant kind eater of like in the front, an anteater in the front, anteater in the front, but, but armadillo on the back with the scaly tail. But it's right, and they're all I mean, kind of goldeny brown and yeah. And what's going and on they is they're do being trafficked. To anybody. No, and they're being trafficked for their 
for their for their scales, which have meat on them in the Asian markets. And uh, yeah, oh, oh that's it. Cool. That's it. That's a picture of one. I got a picture of one. I oh, can't tell cool. you where it is. That's me. Is it a secret? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Isn't that cool? They're so cool. I mean, that's just like animals. I mean, so you I don't have that any, when but, somebody says that. Well, I'll tell you, but but oh, never mind. Go ahead. It's kind of like that. Okay, what? no, but I can't tell you where it is. Whatever. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I Maybe. mean, like you have. I have to say something. I've met a lot of people, like a lot of people with animals, like in my short career. I'm almost thirty, by the way. But oh, I respect you so much. Thank you. That's really nice of you to say. No, You're I'm making not. me really uncomfortable and nervous and embarrassed. No, but I, I do. Like, you dedicate your life. You've never been paid a dime for this. Well, ask him about it. Right, Raj? Well. It's, <laughs> just wait. I'm just telling you. So you two are going to get married. It's not a... a it's... It's... it's um, you already know. It's, it's a cool animal thing, but it's also all about cleaning out tanks. And when you're mixed up with animals with water... It's worse than anything. Anything that needs water. That's the worst animal rehab or keep or anything because it's constant cleaning and amphibians or reptiles of they're just difficult. Yeah. As are even snakes and things. I would say that the mammals might be more difficult because with I would think so. Like cleaning up raccoon poop as opposed to making sure the tank is something substance. I don't know, man. I've had to clean up some bad monitor poop or alligator poo, and yeah, it's like it's horrible poop. You know, and it's so funny because people will message me. They think well, it's all about hugging animals. Of course, like, and they'll see me at a show, and they'll be like, "Oh my goodness, like you live this dream job, this and that." And I have, I have, like replied, like you know, you know, I could have been kind of like, "Oh, I know, I have the best job," right. but I reply back and said, "This is like." Not even this is like a small percentage of what you see. The majority is cleaning up. Yeah, it has to be a passion, or it's not going to work for long because you burn out. And I, whatever burnout is, is kind of a tiresome expression. Um, but it's just what you, it's just what it's just in your guts. I don't know what it is because I certainly don't know. I didn't dream I would get go this far. Really? We didn't know. I mean, it just never crossed my mind. I wasn't going to work with animals when. I was in the advertising business, and then, yeah, and then I became an Air Force wife, and then I, you know, and I, we talked about the humane side thing. I got always been involved with, sort of a little bit humane society stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it just all evolved into this, and then I got, apparently, all wacko about it. Here I am, and you, I'm no spring chick, and they're just it isn't the same as it used to be. I mean, most couples, both people work. Nobody can be volunteering their time and try to I mean I'm very fortunate because of him yeah. you know have a house somebody who pays the bills and who puts up yeah. with me sorry about dinner but I gotta go get a raccoon and Ola you know, yeah that sort of thing so it's um it's quite a performance really and I don't know what to say about it because uh, right you said you got emails or you get texts or something and oh it seems so great but it's it's hard work. There's not really any money in it, you know, unless no you're a money. TV. Like, no, no, no money. No money at all. No. And, 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 and it's, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you live on donations, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. You it, just asked me, like, how much I made on my TV stuff, and, like, I don't know. I it's don't. not. You this is This asking. is all about education. I mean, this is not. But you know what? Because they pick, like, 
anyway, schools, you know, around September, October, oh, would you come and speak? Because, you know, it's bat time. Yeah. And, and then we got to a point, I never have, but, you know, if you want me to come out there and go do this, you know, it'll cost you this much. And they Because they just, like the service organization, they just call a different group every mm. month or every once a year, whatever, to speak to them. And it's... And I, I do some education stuff, you know, I go to schools, but it's, I went to the senior center, and I don't mind. But in reality, it was, you know, you, you could try that. I mean, or I could, you know, like, okay, it'll be a donation to animals in distress. Baby, thank you so much for taking the time to like to do this. I love hanging out with you. Think, oh, thank you. I thought we were... You're too cool for So me. they're not... I'm very cool. That's because I'm from the 60s, Gorman. I know, you don't even have a phone. Everybody from the 60s is I mean, cool. Everyone from the 60s had a phone, though. You think we had You think we had cell phones in the 60s? <laughs> the thing that was big in the big 60s were phone. princess phones, and only those listening will know what I'm talking about that are were old enough in yeah. the 60s, before you were born. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you, seriously, for all you do. Thank you, Corbin. I appreciate it, and I appreciate all the flattery. Which will get you nowhere. It won't. Right. <laughs> it's got me here. It's got me to your house. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Okay, where can people find Animals in Distress? They can find us online, Animals in Distress Association, on Facebook, Animals in Distress Association, which will include the Ruth Melikar Bird Center, which is our avian facility. Um, somehow people reach us. So, you know, Wildlife Rehab in Boise. Or Boise, like we have a lot of people listening worldwide, so right. contact your local wildlife. Oh, yeah, contact. You can go online and contact your local wildlife rehabilitator. If you put in those two words, wildlife yeah. rehabilitator, then then you can find that you can go to which state or whatever. But those are your key words. Not, I found your personal number. Right, I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. That's okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's your best bet. And, and please don't feed animals something that. And be careful about what the internet says. And don't give any animal in the universe people milk or infant formula. Ever, ever, ever. That's just, I mean, Pedialyte's your best thing to give anything if you just have this urge. Okay, so I wanted to get that in there. Okay, good. Anything else? No, but I'm glad we ended with seven questions or whatever, four. <laughs> you wouldn't hear the 50. Uh-huh. We have some angry ones. Are there angry? I want to hear an angry one. Well, not... Okay. Let's see if it's typical. No. I mean, like, not towards you, but... I don't care. Okay. It's another thing we get. Okay, here we go. Not angry, just towards an organization. Uh Uh, This is from Juanita Spears. I wonder if she's related to Brittany. I'm just being funny. I'm not I know, a, I know, I yeah. love, yeah. She said, I adore raccoons. I was a volunteer for a while for a rehab sanctuary in Colorado. They had quite a few, uh, quite a few racks. Quite a few what? Racks. Oh, I, that, I don't say racks, I say coons. Unfortunately, Colorado Parks and Wildlife came in and ripped all the raccoons away and all the other animals they had and destroyed them. It was horrible. I detest Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Uh, Juanita, all I can tell you is that takes a people force and you have to get people on your side to try to fight things like that because the wildlife in any state belongs to the people as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't belong to them, but you have as much say about about that as nothing. I mean, with them controlling uh, how many elk and how many deer, it's usually more about hunting in, with, with 
fish and game, wildlife commissions, whatever they're called, fish and wildlife in different states. Um, so unless there's some kind of a disease or they've led you to believe that's what's happened or the only reason any animal would be overpopulating an area is because somebody's wiped out their predator and that's just what happens. So usually it's all started by those same people you're talking about because of strange things. But animal populations take care of themselves. Um, they don't over-predate their, their prey animals. Coyotes mm -hmm. don't take out all the rabbits because they would be stupid, you know. So we just seem to think that, oh, there's too many rabbits, but we've taken out all the coyotes now, so we'll do the bunny bopping. We do bunny bopping in Idaho. So you could be here, Juanita. Oh, Round up jackrabbits and bop them with baseball bats in the 80s. So anyway, that would take a people thing, your neighbors or people in the city that are interested, and I'm sure there's a lot of them in the town you're in, to get together, go to your game commission, go to city hall first, and find out how you can change things with them not getting rid of wildlife or appreciating it. Thank you so much, Mady, for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure to be here and answer some of your questions. I often yeah. So it's great. It's good to see you. We'll have you back, Corbin. Will you? Uh-huh. You're, you're totally lying right For now. sure. No, you won't. I'm going to come over and see some of your creatures. You have to. We have to move the alligator in soon. Okay. No, I'm serious. Do I have to see him in or out? Does it matter? Can I touch him? Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, if you want to, he's yes, 10 I do. and a half feet. 300 That's okay. pounds. That's Good? Yeah. Can you help gator? me, like, move him? I'm, I was pretty sure, I think, if I were younger and I lived in Florida, I could have been a gator wrestler. Type. Really? I mean, I think I could have, I would have been. A, I don't know. They're strong as hell, aren't they? They're really, <laughs> yeah, really strong. I don't know. Maybe not. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. Please make sure to hit subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps me out. I also encourage you to check out CorbinMaxi.com. You can contact me there personally, even suggest a podcast guest, or if you just want to learn more about animals.